are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock back with you again on this Tuesday episode of Mailbag Tuesday. Get it up in the afternoon, a little lunchtime episode for you. Apologies not being able to get it up for you morning commuters, but we will still do our normal Tuesday show today. It is your show, emails, tweets, tons of questions and topics to get into on today's program. You can find this program on all of your favorite podcast apps, LockedOn49ers.com. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Quick note before we jump into the mailbag, the 49ers getting some accolades from the Pro Football Writers Association. The PFWA Awards All-Rookie Team. The 49ers actually had two members of the All-Rookie Team. Of course, defensive end Nick Bosa, not only first-team All-Rookie, but named Defensive Rookie of the Year and 2019 Rookie of the Year in the NFL from the Pro Football Writers. And linebacker Dre Greenlaw, also named to the all-rookie team at linebacker, joined by first-rounders Devin Bush and Devin White. So quite an accomplishment for the fifth-rounder and Dre Greenlaw to be named to the all-rookie team. Bosa, just a monster since he was drafted number two overall by the 49ers, came out of the gate hot, ended the season with nine sacks, 47 combined solo and assisted tackles. If you go by Pro Football Focus's numbers, 80 pressures as a rookie, one of the best rookie seasons by a pass rusher, according to Pro Football Focus, just all over the place. Impactful down in and down out for the 49ers. And Drake Greenlaw, 71 tackles, according to Pro Football Focus. Filling in admirably, got forced into more action than I think the 49ers expected when Quan Alexander got hurt. He had a big, really saved his biggest moments against the Seahawks and some of the biggest moments of the season. Obviously, the, the stop at the goal line. Week 17, 49ers beating the Seahawks. Probably the biggest moment for sure for Drake Greenlaw and maybe of the season, the biggest play of the season for the 49ers right there. He also had the big interception against the Seahawks in their first meeting. So congrats to Rookie of the Year Nick Bosa and all-rookie team member Dre Greenlaw. Well-earned by both of those young players. Let's kick this thing off from Steven, all the way from Manila. Not many questions from the Philippines. So shout out to Steven. Thank you very much. He says, just want to know your thoughts on Akello moving forward. I know he's only 24, but his susceptibility to giving up the big play, is it fixable with coaching or is that something that just stays with a player? Thank you. And thanks again for the question, Steven. A lot of people asking similar questions about Akello Witherspoon. So hopefully answer all of those here in one. Definitely coachable and fixable, and with Akello, it was already fixed. And it seems to be a roller coaster with his career. And to me, it's not about ability for Akello Witherspoon. It seems to be a confidence issue or just reverting to maybe bad habits or something like that because we've already seen it. We, we He was lights out at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, only 24, still a young player, still has a rare ability with such great feet and his ability to move with his length and, and speed. So a valuable member of the team still, even if he's not starting, you give him some reps at left corner back throughout the week. If something happens to, God forbid, Richard Sherman, you still have a Keller Witherspoon that can jump in and you've got starters on both sides or maybe they would just move Mosley back to the left side because he's practiced there probably more throughout the year. But 
still a player that's capable of starting and a valuable depth piece, even if he's not going to be the starter that he was at the beginning of the year. But I wouldn't put it past him to have another really good stretch or maybe even lock it down again like he was the beginning of the year. The injury sort of derailed his season. So it's not a lost situation with Akello Witherspoon. And there's a lot of starting cornerbacks in the league that are playing worse than Akello at his worst. So not a terrible situation to be in to have a third corner that has the ability of Akello Witherspoon outside with the other talent you have in the secondary. And it's definitely not time to bury the guy. By the way, the story of Akello Witherspoon after getting benched as relayed by Jennifer Lee Chan, going to Richard Hightower, the special teams coach, and he said, give me all Mosley's special teams reps. He still wanted to, he was still in the game mentally, still wanted to impact the game, and he wanted to allow Mosley to be fresh. I mean, that's a high character move. That's not pouting. That's going out, still trying to help the team win. So really great locker room and character that, and it, and it comes from the top. John Lynch and Adam Peters and Kyle Shanahan and the the people that they've brought in, I think is really important. And you see that like a great locker room. These guys come to play. You don't have to worry about them folding. You don't have to worry about them being overconfident coming into a game. You don't have to worry about them feeling like the moment's too big, even though so many of the 49ers players were first time starters in a playoff game last week. And you would have never known that high character players. Akella Witherspoon's one of them. So props to the front office and coaching staff fostering that type of environment. Some conspiracy theories to get into here on Locked On 49ers. Multiple people contacting me uh, an email here, a couple of tweets there, three or four people. And if we're talking conspiracies, maybe they're all the same person trying to build this conspiracy. I don't know. Am I reading too much into it? This email from Jason, he says, what are your thoughts on the 100 year anniversary conspiracy going on about a repeat of the first Super Bowl, which was Packers and Chiefs? Those are two of the four teams left, and I would hate to see a game decided by pass interference, defensive holding calls, personal foul, roughing the passer. Aaron Rodgers certainly does not need any help. That's an interesting angle there, getting uh, the officials maybe in on it, is is what Jason's saying is the way the NFL could make a certain outcome happen for the 100th year getting Packers and Chiefs rematch. And a similar tweet from Chris with another angle with the advertisers even getting involved. He says, is the NFL rigged with a state farm bowl, Green Bay, Kansas City on this 100th season? Hashtag be legendary. A lot of conspiracy theorists out there. There was two or three more. Then I could see how the league would think it's a nice story to have Green Bay, Kansas City, a replay of Super Bowl one. But as far as who would have to be involved to actually make that outcome happen? Definitely not. The league is not going to have a conspiracy. I think the league really is just having a a really tough time figuring out how to officiate football games right now with how fast it is and how much they want to officiate. The only answer for me is to cut down on the officiating, make more things legal. If I was commissioner of the NFL, talked about this a lot on the Locked On NFL show. My goal in the offseason, if I was commissioner of the NFL, number one goal would be to cut penalties overall in the NFL by half. And if you're going to throw more penalties out there and have more roughing penalties and try to protect players and especially protect quarterbacks, you've got to take some penalties from somewhere else because there's too many stoppages. You can't slow-mo replay every single pass interference to see if someone might tug on something here or tug on something there. It's a physical game. It's a contact sport. Let the best man come down with the football, and that's that. So 
the refs need to swallow their whistles. The, uh, the, the flags need to stay in their pockets, and that will help the overall product of the NFL. And none of this ticky-tack stuff with holdings and pass interference. Let the guys play a little bit. When it's egregious, when it's obvious, the refs on the field will see it in real time. They'll throw the flag. Sorry to get off on that tangent, but the league is already so difficult to officiate. I don't know how they could throw that in on top of it. Maybe slipping some cash into one specific official's pocket and say, hey, man, if it comes down to it, throw that flag. We need that P.I. It's I guess that's possible. But yeah, come on. There's no conspiracy theory here going on. As my dad would say, the league can wish in one hand for a Green Bay, Kansas City Super Bowl, and you know what in the other hand, and see which hand fills up first. More Locked On 49ers mailbag coming up. Miles has a question about this era versus the Harbaugh era. If you could have this ring or one with Harbs and Cap, which one would you take? To me, this one's really easy. If you're a 49ers fan, you would take this one over that one, right? Because this could signify a longer run of success for the 49ers with this regime and the youth of the team and the direction that this is going, knowing where the Harbaugh era 49ers were going to go and the collapse that was imminent. And also just be more fun to win again, right? If you, if the Harbaugh 49ers got themselves a ring that would have been great and it would have been fun but the sheen would have worn off a little bit by now you wouldn't still have that feeling about it you would get to go feel that feeling again in a few weeks and have that high of a 49ers Super Bowl win so I would definitely take a win in the Super Bowl in 2020 over a win in the Super Bowl in 2013. Let's check in with Simon on Twitter. He says, been following this year from Australia, hard to keep off social media at work for a Sunday, in parentheses, Monday morning game. How much do 49ers show their hand versus keeping more up their sleeve for a potential win and showing it all at the Super Bowl? First of all, Simon, holler to you and all my listeners in Australia, the the fires that are going on over there is like a massive bummer. I keep seeing people rescuing these koalas and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's heartbreaking. I want to, I I don't think, I don't know if koalas could be pets, but you want to adopt these koalas and, and give them a home. I've seen them like half burnt and seen them super thirsty and they're drinking water out of water bottles and, and not knowing what the hell is going on. So anybody out there, if you have the means, please donate to any of these organizations that are helping Australia with these fires. And thank you for the question, Simon. It's got to be hard to be a fan in certain areas of the world where the games are happening at crazy times. So props to those fans that are able to figure that out. And I, I hear from a lot of people that are watching games in the middle of the night, which in some cases I think would be fun, but every week it'd be kind of brutal. As far as showing your hand, look, you have to get to the Super Bowl first. So you have to do whatever you have to do this week to beat the Packers to make sure you're in the Super Bowl and then worry about what's left in the tank at that point. I think the 49ers with an extra week and and Kyle Shanahan would be able to draw plenty of new stuff and new looks. And it's a different team that you're going to attack a different way anyway. So you might not even want to use the same plays that you would against the Packers as you would against maybe the Titans or the Chiefs. So... You throw everything out there, all hands on deck, all plays on deck for the Green Bay Packers, but there will be a specific game plan in place. They'll practice some things throughout the week that are specifically to beat the the Packers personnel and schemes on defense, and then they'll worry about who they're playing in the Super Bowl later, and I'm sure they will have plenty 
of plays and schemes to go up against either the Titans or the Kansas City Chiefs if the 49ers were to win the NFC Championship game Sunday. Speaking of schemes and having things ready for a certain opponent, game planning that can go out the window, Kyle Juszczyk was talking about how on the sideline they were just drawing up new plays in the run game because they were gashing the Vikings so hard and they kind of got out of their game plan and they were actually running it more than they expected. And so they're drawing up new run plays to beat the Vikings on the sideline during the game. I thought that was pretty awesome to hear from Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, most of the times when you get out of your game plan, that's because, oh my gosh, we've got to throw now all of a sudden. We've got to abandon everything we wanted to do and we've just got to chuck because we're forced to. In this, it was the complete opposite. They're like, we're killing them in the run game. We don't have to do anything else. Let's do some of these runs. What are we seeing here? Well, we can beat them this way. We can beat them this way. Let's try this and that. And they just kept running right through the Minnesota Vikings. It was amazing. Here's another question I got a lot of, and it is concerning former quarterbacks coach Rich Scangarello, who was one and done with the Denver Broncos as offensive coordinator. Fired by the Broncos, they brought in Pat Shermer to be the new offensive coordinator under Vic Fangio. Will, this is from Game Manager on Twitter, will Scangarello be back with the Niners? If so, what will he coach? I don't know if the 49ers would want to try to bring him back in the same exact role. I don't know if Scangarello has some other options, college game, NFL game. There's still numerous head co- or uh, offensive coordinator jobs that are open around the NFL, and I'm sure there'll be stuff in, in the college game if you wanted to go that route, if you wanted to continue to stay in the, the offensive coordinator level of coaching and not drop back down to, say, a quarterback's coach again. The 49ers obviously replaced Scangarello with... Shane Day as quarterbacks coach would they reshuffle things to get their old coach Rich back in there or is it like hey man you wanted to go and you went so good luck you got to find a new spot now because we've already filled your position (laughs) it's amazing that the 49ers could potentially strengthen their coaching staff instead of lose some coaches as it looked like they might from other teams around the NFL and again there still might be some coaches that Some teams asked to interview when the 49ers are done, and maybe that's why some teams haven't filled their coordinator roles because they're still waiting to talk to some 49ers assistants once they're done and out of it in the Super Bowl or maybe in the week before the Super Bowl when the 49ers are are off and and both Super Bowl teams have that extra week. I don't know. That's, That's an interesting scenario there, and my answer would be, yeah, why not? Make your staff stronger if you can, but I think... He might be able to go out and get a job somewhere else. I don't know if it's better to be a a coordinator in college than a quarterback's coach in the NFL. Speaking of additions to the 49ers, Joseph Niner, this made waves quickly around the internet. He said there has been tweets saying Joey Bosa wants to join his brother Nick when he becomes a free agent. How would he affect the cap space? How would we use him? Would it be a smart move to sign him for what he's worth? Love the show. New podcasts are like crack to me, LOL. (laughs) Thank you very much, Joseph. I appreciate the question and the kind words. If a player that could bring the impact of Joey Bosa wants to sign with your football team, you've got to think about doing it. You've got to try to do it if you can fit it in. Cap-wise, obviously, it, and he's the same class as DeForest Buckner, so... Maybe Buckner's asking price is too high and someone like Joey Bosa, who will probably be more valuable when he becomes a free agent just because he's an edge guy and has had just a little bit better numbers compared to DeForest Buckner, even though Buckner's been pretty much an Ironman and Bosa has had some injuries in his career. 
the edge guys are just going to be worth more than the interior guys. Do you say, okay, crap, well, we want to resign Eric Armstead, but now that makes DeForest Buckner's asking price maybe too high, and then instead you let DeForest Buckner walk, and when they're both free agents, you bring in Bosa, and then D Ford's time with the 49ers at that point could be done, and you cut D Ford due to his injuries. Now you have the Bosa's at defensive ends, and how does he fit? That's easy. He's a defensive end on one side. Nick Bosa's a defensive end on the other side. I mean, that's super easy. You can move him around and rush him from the inside if you want and have some fun there, but uh, you absolutely would have to think about that if a free agent of that caliber wants to come to your team, then you talk about it and see if you can make it happen. If the 49ers... Find a way to keep Armstead. They pay DeForest Buckner. They pay George Kittle. It starts to get a lot more difficult. And at that point, paying other players that the 49ers would have to, you would just start to get too expensive. Jimmy Garoppolo's making a lot still. It would be very hard to keep all of those players and pay all of those players. So you would have to lose somebody somewhere. Uh, D Ford, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, somebody like that to even think about having room for Joey Bosa in there under the cap. How about this, though? If the 49ers could find a way to make it all work and make it happen under the cap, obviously Kittle's Kittle. You got to re-sign him. Uh, the sooner you can, the better. Just get that done. And, and tight ends don't make so much money that it would be prohibitive to do that. And it's on the offensive side of the ball. Take care of that. DeForest Buckner is an interesting one. Do you let him go? Do you try to re-up him now? Do you see if you can get a semi-low enough number to make sense long-term with him? You would have to let Eric Armstead walk, and then you cut D. Ford. Does Armstead and Ford's money with a new contract for guys like Kittle and DeForest Buckner, could you have enough? Could you find enough money and structure it a certain way to still bring in Joey Bosa to potentially have a defensive line in a couple of years that is Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, and DeForest Buckner still? That would be pretty unbelievable, and you would have to have a ton of depth and young, cheap rookies in there to fill those gaps. I don't know. It's it's an interesting conversation, and it's a long way off still, but it's not impossible. And then eventually, a couple years later, Nick Bosa would need to get his contract. That's a lot of money on one defensive line. Maybe the 2020 season will be an indicator of if this would be possible in 2021, because... DeForest Buckner is already on the fifth-year option of his contract for a top-10 pick. Number seven overall is going to be a really high number. We saw this year was already $9 million for Eric Armstead. Do they put the franchise tag on Armstead? You're already paying Ford, Armstead, and DeForest Buckner big money next year. If they're able to keep those three guys next year, they should be able to fit in a combination of three guys that make a lot of money in subsequent years, you would think. Where are we at here? Okay, more Locked On 49ers mailbag coming up. we still got some good questions and topics to hit next. To get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with the daily live and on-demand studio classes, right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon 
don't pay a ton for a Peloton, buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn more about their limited time free Apple iPad exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com, echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. I want to address a great point by Cassandra on Twitter. Said, I omitted in the recap show Jimmy Garoppolo's pancake block. And she is absolutely right. Thank you for calling me out on that. He's worthy of a game ball. When I gave the game ball out to all the people in the run game, he should have been included in that. The quarterback getting out in front. and Leo, you trying to say something? Leo's hanging out in the studio today with me. Been a good boy. Been quiet most of the time. Do you want to say something to the people? My son Leo trying to get involved in the podcast there. He's getting hyped about that Garoppolo pancake. Leo's hilarious. He stands in front of the TV when football's on. I think he's mimicking me, but every, every once in a while he'll just look at the screen when football's on and start yelling. So he thinks that's, what's, uh, that's the proper response when you see a football game on TV is occasionally you just scream at, at the television for no reason. But Garoppolo deserved a game ball for that block alone. That was awesome. That got the team hyped up. That got... Uh, everybody hyped up that was pretty cool to see but so Cassandra you were absolutely right about that I should have at least mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo's pancake block on the rapid react show I want to go to Lauren on Twitter she says now that the Niners are amazing again there are more and more fans coming out of quote-unquote hibernation waving their colors proudly do fair weather fans bother you um, some fair weather, you know, the fans that bother me are the ones that claim to be big fans, but they're obviously not and don't know what's going on with the team. The people who are jazzed and sometimes you are, I don't know if hibernation is the right word. Sometimes you're a huge fan, but you just aren't as vocally, you know, you don't have the flag on your car when you're driving down the street because you're not as amped about it. You just, it's, it's natural for everybody to be more excited. I'm seeing the numbers in the podcast grow. I'm seeing more people who are always involved in the podcast, but they're giving me more questions on, on mailbag shows than they used to. So I think just, it's natural for people to get hyped up on it. Winning breeds more excitement for sure. Leo's pumped. Where were you, Leo? Five years ago. Bandwagon. Jeez. There are some more Fairweather fans, or there's a good story. I was bartending back in the day, and I had a good friend who was from the D.C. area, and he's a huge Skins fan, and he was bartending next to me, and it wasn't busy. There was a guy who was at the bar and traveling from out of town. This is in downtown San Francisco, and he was from Philadelphia, and uh, they, were, they were talking. He's like, I'm from D.C. I'm from Philly. He's like, oh, Philly, you Eagles fan? He's like, dude, I'm a huge Eagles fan. And he was like puffing up his chest. I'm a big time Eagles fan, bro. Eagles for life. And he's going off. He's like, oh, cool, man. Yeah, big game this weekend. And the reason my buddy Rob brought it up is because the Eagles and Redskins were playing that weekend. He's like, yeah, big game coming up this week. And there were some playoff implications. It was late in the season. And the dude looked at him like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, the game this weekend, man. And he's like, the guy had no concept of what was actually going on with his team, but he was flexing. He's from Philly, and I'm a huge Eagles fan. But he didn't know what was going on. He didn't really care about the team. He just felt obligated to pretend he's this huge fan of this team. And those are the types of fans that that do bother me sometimes. They 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 want to flex on stuff. They want to talk about stuff, but they don't even know what's going on. You got to at least pay attention if you are a big time fan of a team and especially if your team is involved in something important and you don't even know what's going on 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 a big level let alone 
knowing the 53rd man on the roster or something like that. At least if you're going to claim your team, know what's going on. And you can absolutely be a huge fan of your team, know what's going on and be bummed about it too and not be waving your flag everywhere because your team's crappy and you're like, man, I want to fire the head coach. I want a new owner. This sucks. So it can go both ways. And sometimes you're not a fan yet. Yet. And like everybody becomes a fan for the first time at some point. Maybe you finally get wrapped up in all of this and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And this is the beginning of your lifelong fandom of the 49ers. So if those of you out there are tuning into the podcast Welcome. There will be some ups and downs. And sometimes the downs are, they're not as fun, but they're as interesting to follow a team. That's why I started doing the 49ers shadow drafts because the bulky era. And I was like, man, I really don't think the quote unquote draft ninja is as great as people think he is. And I would, I think he's drafting terribly and I would make these picks instead. So I want to start documenting that. And sometimes the downs are, you can get into the nitty gritty of a team. So that way, when you are riding the wave of the ups and your team is in the NFC championship game. It's all the better. So stick around through the ups and downs. That's what's important about being a fan. You don't have to wave your flag all day, every day and have a Jersey on every day of your life to be a well-informed diehard fan. The next question specifically concerning the green Bay Packers, Mike wants to know how does the defense take away Devonte Adams? Take away Devontae Adams? I don't think that you take him away completely, but I don't think that you have to. One player can do something for a team, and you can still beat that team handily. And he he had 12 targets last time the 49ers played the Packers. He had seven catches on his 12 targets. He's the only guy that really ate on offense for the Packers. It was only 43 yards on those, so average 6.1 yards per catch on his seven catches, so he didn't go off or anything, but Adams had... The Packers only touchdown the last time the 49ers played, and Adams had a really big game against the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seahawks were almost able to come back in that game. You can't let him go crazy for 160 yards and two touchdowns, but he can be heavily targeted. He can be heavily involved and make some catches. You can't let a guy like that take over, and I don't think he will. I think the 49ers just have to play sound defense and try to limit everybody, but Adams is too good. Rodgers is too good. You're not going to completely take a guy like that away, and I don't think you really have to. And if Rodgers is dropping back every down and they can't run the football and he's just trying to find Devontae Adams and targeting him every time and the 49ers are sacking Aaron Rodgers five times, Rodgers didn't even throw an interception last time they played and they still beat him 37-8. to But we will be getting into a lot more of the Packers and those matchups when I talk to Peter Bukowski on tomorrow's crossover episode which should be a fun one and nick winkler coming up on thursday keys to the game friday then we've got an nfc championship game this weekend it's coming fast all of it covered right here locked on 49ers